And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Here we are again. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't done a podcast in a while, have we? I know. Yeah, it's been a few weeks. Well, so. our studio computer went down. We lost all of our software. And then God provided everything in a miraculous way just before the guild. And it, and the guild came upon us like crazy. Like yes. We've been preparing for it for months. And then <laughs> here we here we are, uh-huh. the, the Lamplighter Guild. Um, those that those that are new and never heard of the Lamplighter Guild, it's once a year in July, mm-hmm. and its mission, it's a renaissance of creative excellence that inspires one to know God intimately, proclaim Him passionately, and enjoy Him infinitely. And that idea of knowing Him intimately mm-hmm. is the key to the whole thing. Uh, God wants us, first of all, God wants to take pleasure in us. Mm-hmm. I've been emphasizing that in devotions. You know, uh, the first thing that the Father says to the Son when Jesus is on the earth is, this is my Son that I love in whom I take pleasure in. Mm-hmm. You know, and that sets the precedence for us. Jesus wants to enjoy us. You know, and when you when you get that, now John Piper wrote this, um, you know, book, Desiring God, The Chief End of Man is to Glorify God by Enjoying Him Forever. And that, that mm-hmm. idea of, you know, enjoying God is a concept that people just, they don't think of God in that way, that he mm-hmm. created us to mm-hmm. enjoy us. And so... Molly, if this podcast was just between the two of us, I think we would talk about this the entire <laughs> right. entire morning here. But we have a guest today with us, mm-hmm. uh, Troy Schaefer. Troy, great having you here. Yeah, thank you for having me. And so, Troy, you and I were talking about that earlier. Um, this idea of of who God is and what He's what He's called us to mm-hmm. become. How do we serve God? How do we relate to God? How do we um, how do we walk with God and enjoy him? And so we're going to just save it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Molly, this guild idea of bringing all of these mm-hmm. teachers from around the world, master mm-hmm. teachers from around the world in script writing, voice acting, sound design, music engineering, photography, filmmaking, culinary, horticulture, biblical theology. And this year we added, oh, and stage acting. Yeah. Troy, that's where you come in, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. Yes. Troy comes with a team called Arise Collective. And folks, if you have never heard any of, if you've never watched their production, if you've not had a chance to see it, wherever they're performing, do you know where you're performing next? Uh, we will be performing near uh, Lancaster in oh, October. Cool. And then maybe coming... And then after that, we're coming up to New York, yeah, in in November. I don't have the exact dates for that, but it'll be in November. Do you think you guys are going to do us as well as Rochester? I'm not sure. Oh, no. We'll have to, we'll have to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. That would be like epic failure on our part, right? <laughs> oh, my. Oh, okay. Anyways, they came here last year, last November, and did mm-hmm. Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Maybe, just maybe, you guys can do Pilgrim somewhere else, and we can do a smaller production here. Mm-hmm. Maybe the one that we just did this week. Ooh, wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we Love need to it. keep talking about it for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, let's, that'd be awesome. So, folks, if you're listening to this, write in to us, and we'll send them the letters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. put the pressure on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, so, so Arise Collective, they um, do a musical dramas, and um, I've seen... I don't know, seven Broadway dramas, and they were better than every Broadway drama I saw except The Lion King. (laughs) (laughs) How is that possible? The Lion King is just so creative. It's so (laughs) amazingly creative. So, um, yeah, it's it's an epic drama. It's um, Mm – the music is phenomenal. The – choreography is phenomenal. They had a bunch of different performances here. And the first night, I just watched it wide-eyed. And then the rest of them, I cried. Me too. (laughs) I was there for all of them. And it was just each night, I saw something new. And it would hit me in a different way. Yeah, same here. And it was just so powerful. Mm -hmm. I saw all four of them. I was Uh blown away. We had... We had 86 people come the first night, 150 the second night, 250 the third night, and then 350 the 
the fourth night, yeah, yeah. maxed mm-hmm. out. It was incredible mm-hmm. to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this week here at the Lamplighter Guild, um, we also added timber framing. Yeah. Uh, any idea why timber framing? I don't know. Any idea why I added timber framing? Because you want to host weddings on the property? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, so Solomon, when he built the temple, if you look at it closely and how he built the temple, um, it gives you the um, some of the exact measurements of the building of the temple. And one mm. of the sides of the temple, he were, he was to build these. Um, he didn't have glass back then, but he was to build these large window exposures. And guess where? Hmm. On the south side. Hmm which is going to give light in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. So he's actually doing solar energy in the temple. Wow. Yeah. I was like, and, and guess what he used for the wood? He uses cedar wood that's going to be able to absorb the heat of this and release it during the night. Mm-hmm. So in the temple building, you've got this really unique concept of you know solar energy that's going on in the building of the temple. Not only huh. that, but inside he does these very unique carvings. And the carvings are pomegranate, wood pomegranates on the ceiling of the temple. Mm-hmm. Any idea why, Mo? Pomegranates? Yeah. Um, is that all of the promises of God, that idea? Something like that. There are 611 laws in the in uh-huh. the Bible. This is 611 or 613, right around there. And supposedly, each pomegranate has 611, 613 uh-huh. seeds in it, which were to re- represent all of the law of God. And so the pomegranates were to represent a reminder mm. of all of the laws of God in the Bible. That's so mm. funny. Wow. Yeah. And so Solomon uses a wood structure, mm-hmm. he uses the building um, as a testimony to the glory of God and the laws of God. And so in here at the Lampeter Guild, you know, we have culinary horticulture. We're growing things. You know, we're, we're, showing, we're showing excellence and beauty in the things that we're building. And so for me, timber framing is an art form. There's no nails or screws when you put this together, mm-hmm. joinery together. It's, yeah. it's, it's such an art form, and it has to be exact, too. You, you, can't, you, you can't push wood mm-hmm. into it unless it's an exact measurement. And it's all done by dowel rods, and it and when it when it fits together, and then later on gets wet. Those dowel, those those ash or oak dowels that go through the wood and and hold it together, they actually they get wet and they expand. Huh? Yeah, yeah. and and they they hold it tight. It it just drives it tight. It's an amazing um, art form. And so, you know, when I'm thinking of the guild and this, what all the students are learning. I'm thinking of how whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, mm-hmm. do all to the glory of God. So there's all of these different mm-hmm. concepts of beauty and form and function, you know, all together. And, you know, Solomon, when the Queen of Sheba came to visit him, she was blown away at how the servants dressed, how they served, how they prepared foods, how they ate, mm-hmm. how they how they ascended to the house of the Lord. So every part of their life was important. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's why we have the Lamplighter Guild here as we move forward. Um, I can't remember if we already talked about this or not, but we didn't. Okay, Molly, you have attended the Lamplighter Guild. Mm-hmm. What did you think when you first attended it? I was back in 2020, and I didn't really know what to expect. I feel like a lot of times we throw out that term, summer guild, and people are like, oh, okay, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> and so coming here, I knew that there were going to be a lot of creative people who kind of knew what they were doing. So I was a little intimidated at first, but then when I got here... The teachers were so welcoming, so kind, and they weren't just like I had Daniel Schwaber, 
as my writing instructor, and he was very good at what he did, but he never talked about his accomplishments, what he did. It had it was other mm. people who were like, oh, this is what he's done, this is what he's done, but I never heard it from his own mouth. He was always talking about Jesus and um, mm. just very humble, and I was blown away by that. And so that was something that um, I was confronted with pretty early on because uh, we were put into teams and we had to work with a team. I've never done that before mm, with writing. Interesting. I'd never really experienced that. And so, you know, when you're on a team of four or five people, sometimes people don't listen to you and sometimes you no. don't get to be the one behind the keyboard. And so I really struggled with that. My pride when I first came and uh, there was just you're saturated by scripture teaching with the teachers and with uh, students and the keynotes, the music, the worship, uh, Bible studies, just saturated with it. So it's very, we, it was very convicting. We had Johnny Erickson that year. Yeah, yeah. And, oh my, mm, and, yeah. And um, Johnny Erickson taught it, and we had the Bur- not Burbank, yeah, the, Bur- the Burma, Burma Rangers. Yeah, Burma Rangers. Whoa, that uh, was incredible. Have you ever heard of them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my that sons was love them. so powerful. Yeah. We showed the film first wow. of mm-hmm. them out in the battlefield, you know, yeah. trying to, mm-hmm. they're trying to protect women out there. Mm-hmm. This one woman was being used as a decoy, and he was hiding behind a tank. Uh, literally going out to her and dragging her on the rope, uh-huh. bringing her to yeah. safety. It was wow. phenomenal. And then we got them live on a Zoom, Zoom, and the whole family was there. And my first, my first question was, Karen is the wife and mom of three kids, right? Uh huh. And they're out on the battlefield, you know, getting bombs, you know, thrown at them. Mm. And I said, you know, Karen, like, how can you follow your husband on the battlefield like this? You know, what's what's the deal? I mean, like, you're, aren't you afraid your children are going to get killed, right? And uh, she goes, Mark, she goes, I'll never forget this. She goes, when we made the decision to follow God and never to turn back, we never ask what if something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. just we just learn to just obey God mm-hmm. and wow. let God take care of our family. Hmm. It's wow. like, wh- yeah, talk about wow, right? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Okay, so Molly, you attended the Guild and now now you're on staff. Mm-hmm. Um, was it? How different is the perspective between student and staff? <laughs> it's pretty big. <laughs> I had heard, thankfully, I had heard uh, stories about what it was like, and so it wasn't just kind of in- as intense. This year, what struck me the most, as opposed to last year, because last year was a lot more intense for me, um, was that, one, I would kind of had a lot of humbling from before, and so then God had softened my heart a little bit to be a little more receptive Mm. of correction because I was getting a lot of that, which was good. It was very good because then I was learning. Um, But this year, there was one night, Guild Prep Week, which can be a little crazy, too, because you're scrambling around trying to get things finished. Uh, And and some of us were tired. Two of us were really tired, and the other two were doing okay, and we're all painting, and we're going to stay up late. And so um, one of my friends, she was like, hey, just go home and rest. And the, the other one of us who was tired, she said, no, 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 we're in this together. It's like... It's, it's going to be okay. And I was so encouraged by that, just to hear her say that, that even though I was one of the tired ones, I was like, yeah, I would love to go to bed. Um, the fact that even even this last week, we were all up to like midnight one of the nights, but we were all together and we we're all helping each other. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm not going to just leave you here because I'm tired and I'm, you know, and, and so I'm there for you. There was just such a sweet spirit of teamwork this mm-hmm. year with was awesome. all of and then even just, hey, I need prayer. Can we can we sit and pray? Or, hey, I was just encouraged by this. I want to share this with you. And so I was really touched by that because I had people asking me, like, have you eaten? Can I get you something? And I, that was just, it hit me in a really crazy way because you're running around like crazy, but everyone is just fulfilling when they're fulfilling their role, which is something I saw a lot with the Rise Collective, too, to see you guys, the way you pray and work together and 
uh, just loved on the students was just so, so convicting. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Mm. It was three days before the Guild, and we hadn't painted the gym yet. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. We left some, we have some trim. I saw that. Yeah. I just saw that. <laughs> well, thank you guys for doing that. That was awesome. <laughs> it really made a difference, didn't it? It did. Absolutely. Oh, dear. Yeah. Ra- one of our girls, Rainy, she was going like, we're going to do it. We're going to go for it. Like, <laughs> okay, let's do it. We're going to go for it. We painted, painted the other classroom, too. It was really crazy. Yeah. 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 Great job. Yeah. Okay, so one of the things I noticed at the Guild this year is that there were some shy students. Mm-hmm. Um, students that we would had to keep kind of, like, encouraging to to step up to the plate, mm-hmm. you know, to do this. And, and Troy, this is where you come in. I, I heard you talk about this. And... Uh, so someone that is, like, not sure of themselves and, you know, we have this huge push today on identity. Mm-hmm. Everything's identity today, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know, I was reading, I was reading yesterday that the, the NCAA, they're giving the Woman of the Year Award to this trans, transgender. And I'm like, seriously? I mean, like, mm-hmm. come on, women of all, of all the times in history, you know, women have worked so hard to reach a certain place. And now they're having everything just stripped from them because— of this political, you know, mess that you know, our culture is in, you know, girls are girls and guys are guys. That's the way it is, mm-hmm. you know. And if there's people that are having issues right now in their lives right now, you know, there's ways to deal with those issues, but you don't celebrate it, you know, because all we're doing is celebrating the problem, and it's just causing people to to go deeper and deeper into mm-hmm. the into their own insecurity, and and they're taking upon themselves more of this illusion of. Mm-hmm. of of what they think is helping them when it's mm-hmm. actually pushing them farther away from the truth. Only mm-hmm. the truth will set us free. You know, so we know that. And I'm not putting people down. I, I think there's, you know, you, know, you love the, the sinner and hate mm. the sin. But this is not, this is past that. This is just total, you know, nonsense. It's mm-hmm. just such nonsense. So how do we how do we help the people that are not, maybe haven't gone that far, right. but they're just, they're unwilling to step out because they're so locked into their own insecurities. Mm-hmm. What, tell us, tell us well, your thoughts on that. Yeah, what I think is happening, and, and this is where as believers we have a huge opportunity um, in today's age to take on some of these things with the love of Christ. The problem is, and I'll use the example that you brought up, um, that kind of extreme confusion, our tendency is to want to focus on the symptom rather than the cause. Mm-hmm. And there's a scripture, and maybe I don't know, I don't know the, the, the verse, but there's a scripture in the, in the Bible that says, when a nation turns its back on God, he gives them over to a depraved mindset. Mm-hmm. So the answer is never to deal with the depravity as the, the symptom. It's to turn people's hearts back toward God. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to identity, like you said, Mark, um, there's so much of a focus on it. And even as Christians, I think sometimes we expect this divine light to envelop us, and then we're told, this is who you are, mm. you know, with a, a majestic voice like James Earl Jones or something like that. And then we're going to automatically know our identity. And we're so infatuated with it. There's personality tests out there. And mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm mm-hmm. not saying I'm against personality tests, but when you read some of those, some of the personality traits are just part of the sinful nature. Mm. Okay, and I'm, it's... I'm going to do a test right now. <laughs> ready? Molly, yeah. you ready? Ready. Yeah. I'm going to test you. Yeah. Who is Molly Mayo? Who am I? Mm-hmm. I'm a daughter of the king. Great. A great answer. You couldn't come up with a better answer. That's okay. awesome. I like that. You want, you want to ask me a question? Mark, who are you? Hmm. 
<laughs> I would be do a Colin Smith right now. <laughs> He's raising his eyebrows a couple of times. <laughs> a big smile just lit up his face. Um, I'm a warrior of Christ. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, I just, that's how I see myself. I, I, I'm in this. Is it's I see the battle. Um, mm. I'm trying to draw as many out of the fire as possible. Mm. Um, I love I love people. I love the gospel. The gospel is such a creative sword. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. amazingly powerful. Mm-hmm. I love to break people down <laughs> and then love them to life. <laughs> you know, I was I was driving yesterday by in this um, this native. <laughs> I'm going to call him a native. He's he's lives in one of the side streets and his yard's a mess, um, and he's always working on cars. And uh, he, uh, but he's got this effervescent smile. Aww. It's the coolest thing, you know? Mm-hmm. He's always kind of dirty and and I drove by and, and he looked at me and he smiled. And we're always connect- mm-hmm. we've only connected with a, with a mm-hmm. smile so far. Mm-hmm. It's been a year. Wow. And we connect with a smile. But this time I thought, you know what? And I put the truck in reverse and I backed <laughs> up. And I just looked at him and I said, that's one of the 10 best smiles I've ever seen here in Mount Morris. And he <laughs> lit up like crazy. That so what I've done there, I'm establishing a bridge into his life. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, next time I go there, I'm going to talk about cars. You know, I'm going to talk about him, what he's doing on his cars. You know, and and I'm going to get into this guy's life, and I am I'm going to try to win him over to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that that's how you. And so that's who I am. I'm. Mm-hmm. I think I'm. I mean, you you know me. Mm-hmm. I think I'm an evangelist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you say? Yeah, you definitely have a passion for winning people over for Christ. For yeah, sure. I I love. I just love it. I love. Uh, the, the other day, uh, there was a guy in the garden at the flower um, factory up in Rochester, mm. and uh, he gets out of his car. It's uh, this black guy that's got this great smile, and he gets out, and he's just got this smile. He just smiled at me, and I just turned and looked at him, and I said, born again, aren't you? He goes, yes, I am, brother. Remember, I put it on video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said something <laughs> like, amen. Or yeah, something. amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny. Yeah, and so we're we're building bridges into people's lives. So that's who, that's who I am, Troy. Who are you? I am loved by the King, and, and and that's uh, and what you're saying is what I would say is uh, I am uh, who I love and how I love mm. because I am loved. Whoa, that's good. Yeah. Okay. So how, what does that have to do with identity, and what does that have to do with what kids are going through today? Yeah. <laughs> well, I th- I think um, part of it is is maybe we don't have. Um, families functioning the right way in some cases. I, I was raised in a broken home. My mm-hmm. father wasn't around for a majority of my life. So I didn't have somebody to edify or sort of be a good filter leading me to the Heavenly Father. And so it left me always trying to uh, find out who I was instead of trying to find out who my Heavenly Father was. Okay, time out. Yeah. So we see Troy here with the Vice Collective team mm-hmm. doing his thing. You wouldn't think that, right? No. You think his, his dad raised him and... Mm-hmm. You know, and he had a great mentoring mm-hmm. dad and all of mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I, I, I wish kids could hear your testimony because mm-hmm. they see you now, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. see what God's done. So isn't it, isn't it amazing yeah. mm-hmm. what God does with our lives? Yeah. I look at the two of you. I just, like, <laughs> love you both so much. This is amazing. I get to be with you guys. Mm-hmm. I feel so privileged, mm-hmm. you know, that I get to be in this room with with you whose the Holy Spirit has done such a wonderful work in your lives. Mm-hmm. It's it's a miracle, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Praise yeah. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you didn't have a dad, 
So didn't um, have a dad, so I tried everything I could to try to heal those wounds and make myself feel loved. But the I used a term rebelliousness, weren't rebellious? Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's it was a form of rebellion, rebelliousness, trying to uh, establish my identity. You see, I I have tattoo on my arms. That's that's a way to try to. Um, advertise who you are and get noticed that was for me mm-hmm. you know if people people come up to me and sometimes christians will come up to me and be like oh i really appreciate you you got a tattoo i'm gonna go get one too i'm like no don't get one because i when i got this i wasn't in the right mindset mm. but um that's cool we have a lot of ways that we try to advertise or promote ourselves because we want to feel that acceptance uh-huh. but man can never give it to you mm. um it has to be directed mm. towards the lord we have to be paying attention to him He's with you. He's your father. That's right. Mm-hmm. And and um, one of the sayings that I like to use is when you go into your prayer closet, if it's filled with mirrors, find another prayer closet. Because <laughs> That's so good. A, a lot of times we go into prayer and we want to know who we are. And the whole the whole point of being in that prayer closet is to discover who, he who our Heavenly Father is. Mm. Right. Because our response to that is going to be the love that the world needs to see mm. when we yield to that. Mm-hmm. And then... What we'll find is that when we yield to that love, that uh, time with our Heavenly Father, we will do things and love people where our identity will be playing itself out without us even having to try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Don't you love that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because once we know how much we are loved and, and how much He's with us mm-hmm. in real time, right? Mm-hmm. So if you really know that, then you can go and talk to those people, mm-hmm. you know, because you know, like... I've got my heavenly Father walking with me mm-hmm. right now into this situation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 so it's so powerful. It really it's life transforming mm-hmm. because you have the power of God. There's nothing too difficult for the Lord. Mm-hmm. He'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. He's a sun and shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from them who walk uprightly. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout <laughs> the whole earth, mm-hmm. seeking those whose hearts are completely His, that He might lift you up. You know, that's who our God is. You know. Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you what do you tell these kids that are just looking at themselves and trying to figure out who they are? Well, the thing is to introduce them to the the love of God, and mm. um, that can be done in a variety of ways. But I take it right back to the scripture. One of my favorite passages is when Gideon is threshing wheat in the middle of the night. I like this, and he he's he's not even threshing wheat at a grain press; he's threshing it at a wine press because he's really trying to hide and not he's let afraid. people see what he's doing. He's afraid, yeah, mm-hmm. and. We all know the story. The angel of the Lord shows up and says, Wait, mighty who man is of valor. the angel of the Lord who's probably? Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Because later on in that story, that angel of the Lord accepts a sacrifice. And nowhere in the Bible does an angel ever accept a sacrifice mm-hmm. um, unless that angel of the Lord is Jesus. Cool. Know? Oh, I didn't notice. Did you notice so, that before? Mm-mm. So, yeah, That's nowhere cool. in the Bible will an angel accept a sacrifice. Cool. I so like that. So that. that's another way you know that that's. The Son of God manifesting Himself. It also says in the Word that um, no man can look upon God's face and live. So Mm -hmm. how are how are they able to look upon this being and live if it's not a physical representation of God through His Son Jesus? But before He was born on the earth. Before He was born on the earth. He appears throughout the whole Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. But so anyway, um, the angel of the Lord comes, calls Gideon, mighty man of valor. Mm -hmm. You know that would be like you and I finding somebody hiding behind a fence somewhere you know, crying because they're they're so ashamed of themselves. And then we say, hey, courageous warrior, come out here, you know. So <laughs> Gideon's, Gideon's probably not recognizing that as his identity, but God recognizes that as his identity, and it's the Lord that's speaking mm-hmm. into his life. And then Gideon does the same thing that we see a lot of the 
the people in the Old Testament do. Moses argue, did it. Abraham. Argue, we argue. we try to convince God that He's wrong. What? No, no, I'm not the one that you want to choose. I I'm mm. I'm the least in my family, and my family's the least in the tribe, and and all these excuses. And then, and then uh, what happens is that um, the Lord then tries to convince him again and again. Gideon has an excuse, and it eventually gets to the place where the Lord. And I, don't, I won't say he was frustrated, but it's sort of like the Lord's getting real cut and dry. And he says to Gideon, look, I am with you. Oh, mm-hmm. I like that. And so Gideon's identity was narrowed down to that statement. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with, with you. you. I like that. And so that's why when somebody uh-huh. asks me, what's your identity, Troy? I say, God's with me. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Because that's really the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Because now it's not about me anymore. It's about Who me partnering and being with the one who's with me. Mm-hmm. If you so. didn't believe that. What do you think you'd be like? I know it's an unfair question, because you're 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 handsome, you're strong. Thanks. You're... I hope my <laughs> wife's listening to this. <laughs> no, you're 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 a strong, physical, physically strong man. Okay, mm-hmm. you're you you're you're manly. Okay, so if if God was if that was not the case where you didn't understand that God was with you, what do you think you'd be like? Without knowing His love, I would be one of the most selfish wretches that could be out there. Because prior to me having this revelation, everything was self-focused. Mm. Um, my life as a teenager and going into an early 20-year-old was um, uh, gorging on entertainment to escape the reality of the, the pain that I didn't know who yep, I was yep. and that I didn't have a father. It was mm. uh, experiencing, uh, experimenting with alcohol. It was going into uh, licentious behavior with the lust of the eyes, all that kind of stuff. And it, it's all trying to achieve a, a dopamine rush that heals a wound, but then the, the shame comes in afterwards. It never actually works. And so it just makes you angry. It makes you bitter. You're nasty to people. You don't show love to anybody because selfish people are the most miserable people on the planet. Mm-hmm. Ask me who I would be like. What would you be like, Mark? Exactly the same as you were, mm-hmm. would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Mm-hmm. Praise God for his mercy and grace, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. Wow. Yeah. Praise God. It's he, redemption. It is. Mm-hmm. I mean, to to be otherwise it is to be just like, you could only be selfish, mm-hmm. you know? So praise God. He, mm-hmm. he saves us from ourselves. Amen. Okay, keep going. This is really good. Well, in a nutshell, um, so a lot of people say, if you ask people what's, what's the opposite of love, they say hate. But the opposite of love is selfishness. Mm. And it's the, the sin from the very beginning. Like what does is, what is the serpent deceive the man and the woman in the beginning to do? Yeah. Is to focus on self. Yeah, this is what you're missing. Right. God's keeping something from you. And so when you're focused on yourself and you're doubting the goodness of God, mm. you start feeling like he's holding out. And then you got to take it upon yourself to try to achieve mm. things that only he can achieve for you. So people are living broken lives. They've gone through all mm. kinds of stuff and hurt, mm-hmm. you know, betrayal, you know, abandonment and all this stuff. And so their thought is God can't be good. Right. Okay. Mm. But they've got to be able to understand that God's not to blame for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Satan's to blame for that and themselves. Yes. Okay. Because yeah. somewhere along the line, they have become so inner focused about themselves. Mm-hmm. They think they think everything is about themselves. Mm-hmm. When God is trying to say, no, 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 they might have meant it for evil, but I've intended this to good, so I might have all of you. Let me tell you this story, Troy and mm-hmm. Molly. Mm-hmm. Molly, you know the story. Mm-hmm. Um, her name was Glenda. Mm-hmm. She was raped by her father from the time she was eight years old until she was t- 16. Um, I have a hard time even sharing the story, um, but I, I, I can't, I can't imagine, I can't imagine having that kind of pain in, so, in someone's life, um, and so. Th- 
throughout her childhood, this little girl didn't really have a life. And um, and she she writes in her book, um, Glenda's Glenn, story. Hold on, everybody. Okay, where were we? I'm telling a story, right? And you said about that the young lady. Oh yeah, yeah. Glenda, she had so, no life. <clears throat> yeah, so Glenda was extremely abused, and um, at 16 years old, on her birthday, mm. her and again, this is not easy to tell the story. This is this is horrible. Um, her dad is raping her, and she cries out to God to save her, not to stop the rape, but to save her. And she gets saved. Hmm. And um, the next day, her dad came in to rape her again. And um, the Holy Spirit, during the night, she'd been praying, and the Holy Spirit had just given her this incredible amount of strength. And God just kind of, told, and she was reading the Bible, and God just told her that he is never to touch you again, and you tell him that. And um, she stood there, a 16-year-old girl, she stood there, her father came in, and she looked at him with this most powerful look, defiant look, and she said, you will never touch me again. And her father walked out of the room and never came back. Hmm. Wow. And um, she writes in her book that God could have stopped this, prevented this from the time she was eight years old. So how does a good God allow something like that to happen to a child, okay? Mm -hmm. What possibly? I mean, I've talked to people about this, and they would say, like, there's nothing you can convince me with to tell me that your God is good, Mm -hmm. you know, to allow something like this to happen to a little girl, right? But God, in his unfathomable wisdom, is not looking at the here and now about what pain we might have to go through. What God is looking to is our eternal life, Mm-hmm. in what's necessary to take everything out of our life that would prevent us from being receptive to his gospel. Mm-hmm. And she writes, and she says she was very proud, very stubborn, and she said, she, she, and I talked to her on the phone, she said, Mark, she goes, she goes, I don't think I ever would have humbled myself to call upon the name of the Lord to be saved had I not gone through all of that. Mm-hmm. And I wept like a baby for an hour. I remember trying to get words out of my mouth as I was talking to her. I couldn't get the words out of my mouth because it was the most profound theology I had ever heard in my life. That That's theological. That's, that's understanding the depth of the gospel beyond anything I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And it's such an awful story. I don't like even telling it, but you know, for listeners out there, whatever they're going through right now, God, they meant it for evil. God intended intends it for good. God is a good God, and if you miss that one truth that God is good, then you'll be you'll never be able to trust Him mm-hmm. with your life when bad things do happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, I I look at that, and, and boy, it really has it is it changed me throughout mm-hmm. my life when bad things happen. I never doubt, I have never doubted the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. You know, praise God yeah. for that. You know. I've had some pretty rough things. I was sick for 13 years, and mm. but God's so good. He He is so amazingly good. I mean, I wish I could write a book. I know why how it says that if they wrote down all the things about Jesus, that all the books, the volumes of the books, could not contain the things. I feel like that about my own life sometimes. Like if I could just write down all the things that God has done for me, right. it's like crazy. Like He's so good almost every day. So yeah. amazingly good. So you want to want to hear a cool story, real yeah. quick? So last last year before we came here to Lamplighter to do Pilgrim. We were in Honeybrook, Pennsylvania, only about an hour from where my dad 
now as a resident in a uh, in a home because he has some some dementia coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgave my dad and truly forgave him. Mm-hmm. Where I don't recall any of those things awesome. ever because I mean the scripture says that mm-hmm. that that our Lord mm-hmm. not only does he forgive but he chooses not to remember or bring the things yeah. up mm-hmm. before our face. Cool. So my dad comes out to the the performance of Pilgrim, Ooh. and he couldn't make it for twenty minutes. Oh, okay. Like he was he was all distressed yeah. and yeah. fidgety, and so my brother took him back to the facility, and I was sort of bummed out. I was like, oh yeah. man, I was hoping this would be the thing that breaks yeah. through to my yeah. dad. Yeah. But um, after I got over the disappointment, I said, well, I'm going to go out and visit him on one of the off days where we're not performing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I drove up there. I went into his room, completely dark. He's under these blankets, and I don't know how he knew to this day. That it was me that walked in the room because mm-hmm. I didn't announce myself. I just walked in, and without even looking up, he says, uh, "Just get lost, Troy. It's too late. Whoa. It's too late for me." Whoa! And I was like, I didn't know how he knew it was even me. Wow. Yeah. So he's just like, "Get lost." And mm. so I'm in this mm. moment where I have no unforgiveness towards my dad. I've forgiven him. Yeah. But the the love of God gets switched on in my heart. Cool. And I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because I'm here. Wow. I don't want this time to be wasted. What do you want me to do? Yeah. And so I'm just sitting there in the stillness praying, and the Lord put impresses upon my heart, go over and love on your dad. And so I said, Dad, this is going to be uncomfortable for you, but I'm going to sit on the end of your bed. I'm going to pick you up, and I'm going to lay your head against my chest, and I'm just going to talk to you and pray with you. Wow. And, and he was when I picked him up, he got stiff because he was trying to resist it. But then eventually he gave in, and I, and I did something I never did before in my life, was I, I stroked my dad's hair, and Aww. I said, you know what, Dad? Um, I just want you to know, I love you. I forgive you. I know that you were wounded by your father and that you oh, were incapable wow. of loving me wow. the way that you probably would have wanted to. But that's okay because I love you so much and I'm here to tell you that the Lord loves you and, wow. and it's going to be okay. And then I read some some Psalms over him. And for the first time in my life, my dad turned, he grabbed my shirt like, and oh. pulled me close to his face and he goes, and in total clarity, uh, he said, Troy... Please forgive me for not being there for you when you were young. Wow. And so I said, Dad, I, I forgive you. And I ended up just spending this sweet time for an hour reading scriptures to him and praying with him. And all of the negativity left him. And he was just this soft, cool, receiving man. And um, my brothers and sisters called me like a week later and like, what did you do with Dad? You know, because oh, like, wow. <laughs> you know, he's like, he's not angry anymore. Wow. Like, what, what happened? And I was like, well, you guys just need to be praying for him. Go in there and just encourage him and pray for him. Wow. So... The love of the Lord, when, like, the, the temptation, if I was in my flesh, the temptation would be always to blame. Mm-hmm. My dad did this. My dad this. I never got this. I got dealt a bad hand. Mm-hmm. But there's no life in that. Which brings a victim, victim mentality. That's right. And then nobody wants to, and the victim mentality, or like I told you earlier, you're on the island of self-pity. You get the opposite of what you want. And you think that you want people to come and console you, but the way you're manifesting that sin of self-pity and self-focus, it pushes everybody away. So um, the thing to do is, to me, I, I call it a proximity issue. If a little child realizes they're not, they're not with their dad, they turn and they immediately they grab onto the hand and they go close to their father. And that's what we're to do. We're supposed to stay in that, in that type of proximity, spiritual proximity with him. So Molly, the, to me, the... oh, this is so beautiful. It's good stuff. Love you, Molly. Mm. 
says powerful love. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Troy, if you could just, um, I, I think it's worth repeating um, this idea of the victim mentality because so many mm -hmm. people retreat when they've been hurt. Mm -hmm. um, well, if I had a tissue, I'd give it <laughs> to you. Well, actually, I do have one. I do have Bring one. Bring some in the studio with me. <laughs> and it's clean, too. It actually has vitamins in it. But... Oh, fun. Yeah. You can keep the vitamin. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thanks. Mm -hmm. um, so people get hurt, and mm -hmm. then they run, or they defend, they blame, mm -hmm. they build walls. Mm -hmm. um, but deep down inside, we really want people to console us, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in actuality, what happens when we in, do that? In actuality, they, they end up, what they're walking in with that self-pity <laughs> is they end up pushing people away. Um, the very thing they want. And, and it, almost, it almost leeches out of a person. Just the way when, like, when you saw those people that were walking in love, their smile, mm -hmm. you knew the presence of God in their life. You were drawn to that. Yeah, well, on yeah. the opposite end of that, when somebody doesn't have that and they're so self-focused and, and they're angry with mankind or angry with the Lord, and they want something, but they're, they're sabotaging themselves and they're actually pushing people away. Oh, that's so good. So what, what they have to do is they have to come to the end of themselves and say, look, Okay, I was, and, and this isn't easy, and this often requires other people, believers that are walking in love to come alongside people like this. But the thing is, is we have a God who lives outside of time, and you're not who your, what your past was. Mm. You're, you're who you, who you are is his relationship to you at this moment, and he's always mm -hmm. willing and ready, just like the, the story of the, the, the father with the prodigal son. That son could have had that love of his father at any given time, but uh, he dictated when he was going to return to mm -hmm. him the right way and receive it. Mm -hmm. And so the, the act of mercy, so to speak, by the father wouldn't have been initiated unless the son repented to come back home. And he wasn't a victim any longer. Right. Now he's a servant. I'm right. going to serve my father even lower than the rest of the servants. That's right. Rather than his position as a son. Yeah, it's absolutely. not until we're willing to serve others that we are lifted up to be able to That's right. fulfill our positions and roles that God has for us. So he, he comes home <clears> with that servant's heart and you know from, from your study that that culture, um, the servants didn't wear shoes. Only the, the, mm -hmm. the, the family of the household Noble. Mm -hmm. would wear the shoes. And what does the father do? He puts the shoes on him right away. Mm -hmm. So his, his actual physical act of being a servant didn't last too long. But his servant's heart probably continued on from that point. But mm -hmm. the, the thing is, is that um, we, we serve. We, we serve Jesus, right? And he's the picture of what it's like to return love when you're not loved. He's abandoned, betrayed. Hmm. He tells Peter one of the most amazing things I've ever heard in my life. He says to Peter, Satan desires to sift you like wheat, mm -hmm. but when you recover, yeah. feed... He feed my lambs. Right. So that's like forgiveness in advance and a commission in advance. Mm -hmm. You know? There's a psalm. I don't know so. which one it is, but it talks about one of the greatest hurts in life will be, you know, to be betrayed by those of your most familiar friend. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, Jesus went through all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Troy, Molly, this has been a very special uh, yeah, time together. Thank you so much. Oh, I'd, thank you. I'd, I'd like to just close with a story. I don't think I've ever shared this in a mm -hmm. Fasten Like Nails podcast before. His name is Tom. He was a very timid, um, shy man. Mm -hmm. He had um, a couple children, 
Um, and uh, he was being discipled. And I think they were using the book Raising Modern Day Night, um, A Will to Obey, Work to Do, A Woman to Love, Reject Passivity, Accept Responsibility, Lead Courageously, and Expect mm-hmm. a Greater Reward for Doing So. It's, uh, that, those are found in Robert Lewis's book Raising a Modern Day Night. Mm-hmm. And, um, but um, he, uh, he, just, he just couldn't fulfill his role as a man and as a father in his home. And so he He'd get involved in his hobbies. He'd get involved and in stay late at work. And he he just couldn't even come home sometimes. He just, just locked up inside and didn't know how to respond to his children. And one of his daughters was just really trying to, you know, without her father's love, she just felt something missing in her life. And, mm-hmm. and so um, he just had this fear, you know. He was, and, 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 and then he lived with this victim mentality. And so he, his children didn't even like being around him sometimes, mm. you know, and his, he was pushing his wife away. Um, I remember um, when, uh, well, I'm, I don't want to tell that part of the story because it's too personal. But so one day uh, Tom was, uh, he was going through Central Park and um, he heard this girl's cry for help. And uh, she was being attacked by somebody. Mm. And... Um, she was behind the, they were behind the bushes and Tom's first initial reaction was to run and uh, he was going to go get help mm-hmm. but he knows by the time he runs to find help she's going to get she's going to be she's going to be hurt mm-hmm. and um and he gets about i think it was about 50 yards so he's running but he just stops in his tracks and it's like what am i running for you know this girl needs help and for some he, he says that this supernatural power came over him, mm-hmm. and because when we when we turn around and face our fears, and move toward what we're afraid of, you know that God will give us the strength when we need it. Mm-hmm. You know, and he he runs toward the bushes, literally runs through the bushes, and the guy's on top of this girl, and he attacks him, and the, they're rolling on the ground, and the guy's punching Tom. The guy Tom, Tom's getting beat. I mean, he's hit. This guy's hitting Tom in the face, and and Tom grabs the guy's legs, you know, and they're mm-hmm. rolling. He's, he's kind of wrestling. The guy's punching, and all of a sudden, this guy takes off. The guy's afraid of Tom, you know. He takes off, mm-hmm. and uh, and Tom starts chasing the guy. <laughs> you know, and that's what happens. You know, when right. all of a sudden, you, that's what happens to you know to real weak people when they're confronted. They they'll run, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and even if they don't, you don't you don't back down from it. You know, mm-hmm. God will bring somebody to help when t- in the time of need. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Tom finally comes back and the girl's putting herself back together and Tom's behind the other side and he just, he says, hey, um, you're, you're, you're safe now. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's crying. And he goes, hey, I'll, I'll stay here until you're ready to come out and, you know, I'll, I'll walk with you. You're safe. And uh, he goes, really, you're, I'm going to stay right here. You're safe. And she goes to a little bit of a whimper, and all of a sudden he hears this, and he can't believe it. And she says, Dad, is that you? Oh, my. And, uh, it, was his, it was his daughter. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow. so God will allow us to, mm-hmm. if we're willing to face our fears and not you know, get a, just put away our victim mentality and become the servants that he wants us to become, mm-hmm. God will lift us up to our proper roles, mm-hmm. live it out well so that others are protected. Mm-hmm. 
others get to see what God has for them so that we can continue to bring redemption to people's lives and see them break through the barriers that they've set up. Wow. Holly, thank you, girl. Troy, thanks so much. Thank Thank you. you. It's been a blessing. God bless. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you would like to submit for the Lamplighter team, visit lamplighter.net slash podcast and fill out the form. That's lamplighter.net slash podcast.